Welcome to the Fit Thirty, the only podcast for your health, fitness, and lifestyle needs. Going pro with Chris Grumman. This episode is sponsored by Beyond Yourself and Gym Aesthetic. If you want some awesome gym clothing, go at gymesthetic.com. And if you want to try some good supplement, go at beyondyourself.ca. So today we have as a guest Chris Gurulian, IFBB Pro. And um, so what we'll talk about today with uh, Chris? Well, we are very excited to have you with us here today, Chris. Uh, we couldn't be more pumped to have a professional like yourself on this show. So we've got a couple of questions that we're going to be asking you today. Uh, hopefully, you can fill a lot of our uh, listeners in on some helpful information on essentially your field and uh, you know if they're interested to how to get started with that themselves. Um, so to start off, we'd really just like to know how and when you started your training. Okay, well, um, I start. I was always uh, very into sports uh, growing up. Um, my father was actually uh, on Team Canada, playing uh, in the World Championships in basketball, uh, and he was one of the people that motivated me to try to be a high-level athlete. Um, so, with that being said, when I was growing up, even though I was playing a lot of sports, I wasn't in great shape, and uh, I, my body—I wasn't very comfortable in my body, and. Like a lot of young kids, uh, I was getting picked on in the locker room, uh, getting changed uh, about my body. And that kind of sparked me to get into the fitness world. So with that being said, right then and there, I wanted to do a fitness competition one day. Um, at the age of 16, I started working out recreationally and developed a pretty decent uh, shape. And uh, around 19 years old, I joined uh, PowerFlex Gym uh, in Montreal. And uh, the owners of the gym used to prepare teams for uh, bodybuilding competitions. And uh, they approached me to go in to compete in the Natural Provincial Championships, uh, which was in 2001, as a junior competitor. So I said, okay, I'll try it out. Uh, it's always something I wanted to do since I was young. Uh, so... They got me on a diet, a training program, and uh, it all worked out. It was pretty uh, tough to, to get through. Uh, I got on stage uh, in my first show, which was a regional show, and uh, ended up placing second. And uh, the second, <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool, pretty awesome. And uh, the second I got on stage, it was like a big rush. I love the feeling of being on stage. Uh, I love the fact that I was able to start something and finish it and do it well. And um, from that point on, my competitive uh, spirit kicked in, and uh, I always wanted to achieve the next level. So from then on, it was all about winning a show, a, a regional competition. I never thought about turning pro when I was 19. It wasn't even in my mind. I just wanted to win a show. And uh, it took me a couple of years for it to happen, but it finally happened, and uh, that was in 2003. Uh, so I won the regional show, then I wanted to move on to provincials, ended up winning my first provincial show, uh, in 2006. Uh, from then on, I wanted to do nationals. 2007 was the first time I got to win uh, a national title. Uh, and that qualified me for the world championships. So, um, what happened then is I actually fell ill and, um, suffered a pulmonary, uh, embolism where I almost lost my life. Oh, yes. uh, yeah, it was a pretty crazy time. Uh, when I got it, checked into the hospital, they told me had I fallen asleep, I wouldn't have uh, woken up. So, oh, uh, so that was pretty intense. So it took me a whole year to recuperate from that. 
Uh, and I was really disappointed that I didn't get to compete at the World Championships that year. But I said, you know what, I'm going to get healthy, get back on track. And uh, 2009 came around and I was able to win nationals again. And finally competed at the, the World Championships in uh, natural bodybuilding. So... Um, to make a long story short, I was going to retire then because uh, th- that's as far as I was going to go as a natural bodybuilder. And then men's physique division came out. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I wasn't too keen on it to start off because you had to wear boardwalk shorts. And my best body part was always my my legs. And I had to cover it. So I was uh, like, ah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> do I really want to do this? So I got pushed into it, and uh, it worked out. Uh, and uh, this year, I ended up winning the the national championships in men's physique and uh, earned my pro card, being the first uh, one from Quebec to win it. It's crazy, it's incredible. incredible story. And we we see that you you did more than 20 competitions, right? Yeah, 24 now and counting. Damn, it's a lot of competition. <laughs> and now you are your age is uh, 32 now. 32, yeah, it's. So, 14 years again counting also. Yes. <laughs> really, really impressive. Um, we we see like in your competition, you finish second, you finish third, two, first, you finish 16 uh, yeah. in 2009. And then yeah. you came back. Uh, all you felt like, because it's a lot of, I guess, stress. It's a lot of this thing that can happen in your life. Like your mindset should, it, 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 It should be crazy. I mean, like the feeling that you have when you finish third or second. Are yeah, f- definitely. So what you learn about it? like? Well, there, there's different ways to approach it. And through experience, I've learned a lot. Um, when I was younger and not as mature as I am now, I used to get really upset when I wouldn't win. Uh, whereas now when, when I get a second or a third place, um, I still I stay very humble about it because I know I've put in the the work uh, that's necessary and this is a very subjective sport because it's judged right mm-hmm. and the only person that's ever going to be happy at a competition is the winner which is one out of maybe 30 40 50 guys depending on how many people are competing True. so you have to use that as a tool to motivate you to work even harder for the next year like when i won uh, uh in 2013 my pro card i had done two previous shows Uh, as a men's physique athlete, where I placed second and missed it by one point. Then the year after, I won um, my category but didn't win the overall. So I was always inching closer. And mm-hmm. both shows where I didn't get my pro card, a lot of people thought I deserved it. So you can't get down on yourself. You have to keep working and always pushing forward. And uh, eventually, uh, things will happen for you. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy story. Seriously, man, I didn't, I didn't know like you, you compete so much. <laughs> I love it. It's my passion, yeah. and you yeah. know, when you're passionate about something, uh, your success will follow because uh, you're gonna want to work hard at it. Yeah. In the in the same way, um, the most question that you we receive: How did you get sponsored? Uh, sponsoring comes in time. I mean, uh, there's. A lot more athletes than there are companies to sponsor you. So, with that being said, you have to be able to offer something to the company that other people can't. Yeah. You can't just show up and tell a supplement company or a clothing company, "Hey, uh, I just did this competition. I want a sponsorship." They're not going to be like, "Oh, okay, here you go." You know. So you have to one uh, have more credentials uh, that uh, back up your name. Like mm-hmm. uh, for myself, I've, I have 
two provincial titles, four national titles, uh, uh, and a pro card. And I have something to help me get more uh, sponsors now. Um, and you don't have to actually just do competitions to get credentials. You have to also have a good following on your on your uh, social media. That'll always help because um, you'll be able to uh, get the word out more about the company that's sponsoring you, mm-hmm. and also be willing to go work the the booths of the the company when they travel. You know, like uh, for example, I can if I'm going to the, to the Toronto Pro Show to compete. Uh, like beyond yourself will pay for my accommodations because they'll be there also to um, uh, uh, to work the expo, mm-hmm. and I'll be able to work the, their booth also at the same time when I'm not on stage. Yeah, it's 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 true because I did it like in a different way. I'm also sponsored by Beyond Yourself uh, Supplement, and I never did one competition in my life. It's not one of my goal, and the thing that helped me a lot is my following base. Like yeah. all my followers, because I, I'm able to put the, the the word out there and share a lot of like what beyond yourself do to my followers. And I think you cannot in our day be sponsored without getting like followers on your social media and having a website where you show yeah. what you're doing. I totally agree. Before maybe because Facebook didn't exist, Twitter and all these social media, but right now. Guys, if you want to get sponsored, you will have to do videos or post picture and interact with uh, the people around the world that use uh, social social media. Yeah, yes, in some way, be a public figure, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Chris, would you say that um, for your sponsorship uh, or getting your pro card, winning all those competitions, or did you already have a decent uh, following or a combination thereof? Like, what do you think uh, is it that essentially made those deals happen for you? Uh, for me at the time, I would say it was uh, more so my competitions because uh, I didn't have a huge following actually. I actually started my uh, Facebook fan page uh, after I got sponsored by Beyond. So for me, it was more about the titles that I already obtained. I'd already done, uh, I'd already won provincials. I'd already won uh, nationals in natural bodybuilding. I'd done the world championships. So I already had a relatively um, big name in the sport uh, in the country. So that that's probably what helped me uh, get my first uh, sponsorship. And then that's when I started really pushing the social media because that's what they expect of you. Also, they want to get you, they want you to get the word out about their their products. Otherwise, you won't. You may get a sponsorship, but if you're not doing much for them. After you get it, they'll they'll drop you as they have uh, as a lot of companies do with some athletes that don't do anything. Yeah, and there's so much demand. Like a lot of athletes think they they will win a competition and get sponsored immediately yeah. after, but it's not like that. And it will be the dream if it will be like that. Like, but yeah, it's, it's impossible because a company have to get customer to stay alive. Yeah, exactly. And but there's a way to do it. Like you can share it. Like it's not uh, selling, selling, selling. It's more about like just representing the brand. And you also have to find the right company to represent you. Beyond yes. for for myself, like beyond yourself, I really love them because I know they are, I know them personally. Like uh, it's my friend now, and they are human. It's not just a company like oh, take our supplements. It will. Uh, get you in shape it's not like that it's more like uh, do the effort first and then the supplement will be there to help you uh, become more you know 
Yeah, Go I totally further, agree. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of magic pills out there, like people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, look, I get asked all the time about fat burners, and uh, every client that asks me about fat burners, I tell them, "What's your diet like?" And then like, "Oh, well, I eat, I eat this and that." I'm like, "Look, a fat burner is gonna be a total waste of money for you unless you have a diet plan designed for your goals, which is with fat loss." So. Mm-hmm. Get that, and then if you need a fiber, then you can get one. We think the same way. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, we we talk about supplement. What is like the supplement? Take, that supplement take a big place in your preparation in the competition or in your training and your result? Uh, yes and no. Uh, in my off season, I don't use uh, much products. I mean. Uh, I'll use uh, the the way I sold from Beyond Yourself. Um, I'll use my glutamine and my fish oils on a regular basis. Uh, I will use more products uh, as I'm getting ready for competition because my uh, my nutrition goes down as in I'm eating less and less calories. So I'll need more stuff like a multivitamin, BCAs. Um, some days I'll have less energy, so I'll use a pre-workout on and off, but mm-hmm. not every day. Um, vitamin D3, stuff like that. Uh, creatine I use, but uh, very rarely. I'm not, I don't really do well with creatine myself. I mean, it's a great product, but just not for me. No, you no. You had some bad experience, or not bad experiences. I have some health issues don't, that don't allow me to use creatine. I mean, okay. I I always get my my athletes to use it. I just personally can't use it. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I, I always use uh, creatine only five gram a day. Because I, I have it too in my pre-workout. In the pre-workout, you have a little bit of creatine. So yeah. I take around like seven grams a day, if people uh, want to know. <laughs> Another common question. Yeah, yeah. There, so. <laughs> um, okay, that's that's awesome. Uh, so now, what is your goal? You're now a professional. You want to go to Olympia. What do you want to do? Uh, well, it's definitely a, a dream of mine to step on the Olympia stage. Uh, I've actually hired uh, Mark Anthony uh, as my coach, who is the current uh, Mr. Olympia in men's physique. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be doing four uh, pro competitions uh, coming up in the month of May, which will be the Pittsburgh Pro, the Europa Dallas, New York Pro, and Toronto Pro. Um, I would love to be able to win one of these shows, but I mean, now I'm going to be going up against uh, the best in the world. So. Uh, in my head, I'm going to do the best that I can. And if it's good enough to win a show, great. If it's not, I won't be disappointed. I'll try again next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. Hopefully, uh, this is the 50th anniversary of the Mr. Olympia. So I would really love to be on stage instead of going as a spectator. Uh, yeah, that would be incredible. Yeah, yeah, it would be a crazy experience for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and also, when when you are up for a competition, how many weeks before you're preparing yourself like for the competition? Um, well, look, it's been 13 years I'm competing, and the one thing I've learned through the years is that it's always better to start earlier than later. Like, a lot of guys will come up to me and be like, oh, I, I want to do a 12-week prep. I don't want to uh, start earlier. I start 20, 24 weeks out just so that I can come down really, really slowly because the longer you start prepping, the the less drastic your diet has to be, the less drastic your cardio has to be. Mm-hmm. And then after your show you can go back up slowly as well and not screw up your metabolism and not screw up uh, your body. I mean, the first ever competition I did, my uh, my coach wasn't very knowledgeable in nutrition and uh, he gave me something very extreme to follow and I ended up gaining 
40 pounds and over the span of three days after my first show oh wow yeah man it's not good for your body no <laughs> and, everything and, was messed up and it took me like a good year just to go back to normal again oh my god so it's that's one thing i always preach as a coach as well because i coach a lot of athletes now uh is to do things the healthy way i mean yeah we were competitive we want to win and we want to go like hardcore but you got to think of your health also at the end of the day it's just a competition mm-hmm. yeah a lot of people forget that Yeah, you, you're training for a purpose, and it's your health in the beginning. So you shouldn't yeah, like absolutely. sacrifice it. So you're saying way too many people have like these crash diets, I guess, when they uh, want to get ready for a competition. Well, there's a lot of quality coaches that I would recommend if I don't have the time to take an athlete on. But there's a lot of bad coaches out there also that do things very like what they used to do in the '80s when there wasn't much knowledge about nutrition. I'm not saying I'm not. A, I'm a nutrition expert. There's still a lot of stuff that I'm learning about, uh, but I know how to do things a healthy way, so that I always take in consideration the, my client's health after a show is over, because that's just as important as getting ready for a show is what happens afterwards. Yeah, uh, I totally agree with you. In terms of education, you have a bachelor in physical and health education. That's right. Yes. At McGill right. University. Yes. And. What you have learned, like, because I know, like, in course and in life, it can be different. Like, yeah, totally. And it's funny because a lot of the things, uh, I had to take a couple of nutrition courses uh, as a part of my program. And it's funny because a lot of times I would have arguments with my professor because he would go <laughs> by the book. And I'm like, well, no, this doesn't make sense for this and this reason. And I would prove him wrong in front of the class. And I don't think like that very much. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I think like you have to refresh the program a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there, like there's always new research and new information for us out there. And I'm sure like just like you, Mark, uh, we're, we're always learning more and more stuff about training and nutrition and supplements and everything. Yeah, it's a crazy topic and it's a hot topic because every day you can read a new article about something. Yeah. Well, Chris, would you say that like, uh, you know, after everything that you've learned thus far, um, is there any sort of like really one golden rule that you would stick to no matter what like if you had to tell someone what's the number one thing that you adhere to in terms of a principle uh whether it be diet or training related you know what is the single best thing that you could tell uh someone who really wants advice on how to get in shape uh the big thing that applies for dieting and training and everything and how i got to this point is consistency you have to be consistent with i love you man i love you yeah. <laughs> it's it's the number one thing i mean people ask me how i got to this shape or how i got to this level i'm not genetically gifted i i don't have uh unlimited resources uh at my disposal i'm just i've been consistent for 14 years uh and no matter what obstacles have been thrown my way whether it's been sickness or um what's it called school work I always stayed consistent and always followed my goal, whatever my goal was at, the, at that time. And that will lead to success for everyone in whatever they want to achieve, whether it's with fitness or work or school. It doesn't matter. It's consistency. So to recap on that, basically, Chris, uh, what you would say is essentially if they want it bad enough, then they really shouldn't give up because the only way to reach the goal is to continue working. Exactly. And as long as you keep working at it, eventually you will achieve your goal. It might uh, take a year, it might take 10 years, it doesn't matter. Like you see like these success stories on um, social media, like a, a guy like Jeff Side, who turned pro within like a year. 
after competing three shows. Well, that doesn't happen every day. That's like a very rare thing that happens. And a lot of times it takes years and years and years to, to turn pro like myself. And then there's even guys who try for 20 years and never get it. So, um, you just have to keep working at it. You have to really, really want it. What is the, the main purpose while you're training? What is like your deepest motivation to train? Uh, well, again, my, my big passion uh, has been competing. It's, it's, uh, it's what I love to do. Uh, and that's actually one of my biggest fears is the day that I finally decide that that's it, I'm going to stop competing. I'm worried about why, what's going to be my motivation to continue training. Because even the years that I took off that where I didn't compete, I was always trying to improve so that next year or the year after I would be better when I do my next competition. So uh, the next reason probably will be to keep motivating uh, the people around me to uh, stay in shape. Mm -hmm. And the best way to, uh, to do that is to lead by example. So when I do retire from competing, that, that will be my main purpose is to set a good example, especially for young people these days because Uh, more and more, there's a lot of kids and um, teenagers that are out of shape because of technology, because everything's at our disposal. We, you don't see that much kids going outside and playing uh, street hockey or basketball anymore. Everyone's at home on their laptops. Yeah. So you want to set a good example for these kids that there's more behind the computer screen. That's true. I remember when I was young, like my parents was always like, go out there, go out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. And that's awesome goal. Do you have any uh, other than competition? Do you have uh, the goal? Do you have uh, something that you want to do in the next years? Or uh, one thing I'm developing now is a uh, is a summer fitness camp for kids to, to again to uh, push the the health and fitness for young people. Uh, and uh, the next thing will probably be also start coaching more uh, instead of being just an athlete which I've been doing this year, like my team one best team at the, the provincial championships this year. Oh, wow. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's, um, as f besides that, I would love to own a gym one day. That's been always oh, a yeah. dream of mine, but that's, uh, that's, that's pretty tough to get, get in these days. Yeah. Uh, because there's a lot of gym, like in yeah, competition, but man, you can do it for sure. Uh, if you bring something cool and new, Uh, and you have also your knowledge. It can be a gym like for people who want to compete and stuff like that. You have a lot of... Yeah, if you did that exclusively almost like for people who join, it's kind of to get them competition ready. That'd definitely be something different. There's yeah. nothing like that in my city. That's true. <laughs> We are just shooting ideas. <laughs> <laughs> ideas are always good. Yeah. <laughs> um, with all these uh, experience and years of training, what is the, the thing that was the... Yeah, what was the artist thing to to go at the gym every day or yeah just to keep going uh the hardest thing is when you're not you know when you're having a bad day or you're not motivated to leave the house i think those are the toughest days to get out and actually do the work uh i mean i've been to the gym on snow days that are, there's a snowstorm out i've been to the gym to do my trainings when i'm sick Um, I, I'll, sometimes I have a crazy work day where I'm working from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. and I'll go at 11 p.m. to get my training in. So a lot of times people will say, like, I don't have time, I don't have the energy. They'll make excuses. For me, there's no excuses. If it's really important for you, you will get it in no matter what the, the situation is. 
And as long as you can get, and I think those are the days that are most important to get your training in because if you miss a lot of these days where you don't feel like doing it, it's going to add up more and more and you're going to find even more excuses not to go instead yeah, of finding true. reasons to go. Yeah, that, yeah, it's it's true. And you really forge character at that point, right? I mean, you're essentially uh, developing a discipline into yourself which would make it easier over time. I mean, we all have those days where uh, we don't want to get up and go do the training, but... Uh, you know, once you've conquered a really tough excuse uh, on a day that, you know, was just pointing to signs that you weren't going to go and you ended up going anyway, it becomes easier over time, right? And there yeah, are few absolutely. and fewer instances of those. Yeah, exactly. It's all about wanting to achieve your goal and not letting anything get in your way of achieving your goal. Yeah. Do you, do you have some practical um, tips that you can give to people, like something that you do before the gym to go to the gym or... Uh, sleep is very important. You got to get some sleep because the rest is just as important as the training. Uh, with that being said, before um, I go to train, I personally like to get a couple meals in uh, prior to weight training. Uh, I mean, that's not always possible because for some people, the only time they can train is early in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would never weight train on an empty stomach, that's for sure, because you need some kind of energy source to train. Um, Besides that, uh, if you are having a bad day, a pre-workout is not the end of the world. Like I'll take some pre-wad from Beyond Yourself before I go in. Um, what else? If not, just have a coffee. I love coffee. <laughs> yeah. Um, empty stomach, I found that it works for me like to burn fat. If I'm going empty stomach, I'm taking like... If I... If I still just working out under an hour it will not affect like my muscle mass if i do yeah. a bca so i love doing it when i i, I need to be shred for a photo shoot and stuff like that i'm waking up mm -hmm. in the morning and going to the gym take my bca pre-workout and working out for 45 minutes an hour max and then i take my my post-workout shake and my breakfast if you can do it all the power to you man <laughs> I, can't eat. I gotta eat oh uh, yeah yeah but, it, but it, i will do empty stomach cardio though I, i do believe uh i mean there's a lot of theories about cardio like first person i think uh fasted cardio in the morning is good mm -hmm. uh and i always try to mix it up i'll do some steady state cardio i'll do some hit uh hit cardio yeah uh i won't keep it the same i always try to shock my body with that stuff yeah it's good it's good to deplete your glycogen level yeah so chris on an ideal day like what time do you usually end up going to the gym Um, usually I go in the afternoon where I've already had three meals, but when I'm during a, uh, during a contest prep, which is what I'm in right now, uh, I'll wake up in the morning. I'll do my uh, cardio. I'm fortunate because I have a Stairmaster and a treadmill at my house. So I basically wake up, take five steps and jump on the treadmill. Okay. Uh, but, uh, I, pr I like going in the afternoons, uh, around two thirty, three o'clock before that the big uh, rush starts at five, five thirty when everyone comes in uh, after work. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, particularly like training at that time unless I'm really stuck and I have no choice. You and me both. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I have this. I'm not doing like cardio if I don't need to do cardio. Like, I mean, like I stay lean all year long. Yeah. But I will only do cardio if I need to be shredded for yeah. for a fitness shoot. Yeah. But if you're already lean like 10% body fat, I think you don't need cardio. Do you agree? I totally agree. I mean, for, in my opinion, it depends on the person. Like I'll give you mm -hmm. an example. Like for me, I've always needed the uh, cardio to get into the condition that I need to to, to be uh, on stage. Uh, but with that being said, I have athletes that I'm training right now for competition who are seven weeks away 
who haven't done a minute of cardio, who I'm feeding them more every week, and they're leaning out more and more. So it really depends on the person and their metabolism and how they respond to food. I need it. Not everybody does. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that too. And the only, I'm doing like kind of a muscle building cardio with my abs where I got after each and every workout, like 10, 15 minutes, and it's enough for me. But someone is, who is overweight, uh, I would suggest it like to integrate like three to five times maximum a week uh, because it would just help to to get the result faster and it will help for his metabolism too. Yeah, I agree. Hey, the more they, 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 they're active, the better. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, I think we we've we covered a lot of questions. Uh, I think it was a great, 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 and uh, we we had a lot of information uh, from an IFBB men's physique, Mister Canada, right now, and uh, I'm yeah, it was really good. I learned a lot. Um, I think where, everyone else did too. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Uh, where can we find you online? Uh, I have a fan page on Facebook, uh, which is Chris Grunian IFBB Pro. Uh, I have my website up uh, at ludafit.com and uh, Instagram. Uh, my Instagram ID is ludacris ifbb pro. Awesome, awesome. We'll link uh, all your social media and website in the show notes of this show at marfit.com/slash session four. Um, also, do you have anything else to add, uh, Chris? No, it's uh, it's been a pleasure uh, talking with you guys, and I'll be happy to come back for a future uh, interview. Yeah, for sure. Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, thanks to you, Chris, and uh, thanks, Matt, for being here. It is our pleasure. <laughs> On that, uh, we'll end this episode. And if you have any questions, just uh, send us a tweet. Uh, you can ask your question on my Instagram, on Facebook, or directly on my website, and it will be a pleasure to answer you. Don't forget to add the hashtag TF30, and uh, you might be featured in one of our podcasts. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks. everyone.